Hello, Ricardo. Hello, Leopold. How are you? How are you today? Good, good. So last week, we left off with a promise to continue the episode on speaking up. And we're going to do like a small recap now. But basically, we explored some of the key principles on speaking up and what is the undisputed idea. And we stressed that one of the undisputed idea was that you should speak up no matter what, right? And the other one is that silence is very important. And it seems to us that we need to find not a middle ground for sure, but a principle, a method to guide us in speaking up. So you want to take us a little bit through what we discussed last time, just a recap? Yes. We said that speaking up, it's sometimes and many times a matter of integrity, a matter of expressing yourself, expressing your values and letting your point be known. And the problem is that we often don't have the confidence to do it. We often stand to lose something like a job, like a friendship, but we must be willing to put in the effort. The thing is that if we only think about it as a matter of courage, we cannot proceed because courage is an effect. It is an emotion. It is an emotion that results in this case from the skill you have, from your eloquence, from the understanding of your ideas, from the understanding of what you're doing is right, is correct, that I have yeah. some reasons behind me and I'm, I am right to make my point. And uh, on that, we stressed last time that courage is something you attain through different things that you have to work on. It just doesn't happen, you know, by the moment. Now, sometimes it, it does, but, you know, usually it takes, it takes effort and, and skill. Yes. And that's why the key takeaway from uh, that episode was have clarity about your convictions, about your arguments, your reasons, and about your goals, about why you want to pursue this conversation in the first place. And then you can make a choice. And it is exactly over this foundation that we want to start building up today. The issue of knowing when to engage based on the purpose you set for yourself. Do you want to start with that? Because you you brought a quote last time by Dr. Seuss. Can you remind me of that? Yeah, it's an interesting quote. I mean, I'm not sure if he said it, but it's attributed to him many times. And he said, those who matter don't mind. And those who mind don't matter. That's a good way of putting it, right? Yeah. And I think it sets the ground for really understanding that you can't can't reason with some people and probably you shouldn't. And at the same time, those who are willing to listen to your point are the people who matter to you, even if they disagree with you or you disagree with them. Yeah. I I think that's uh, a valid implication. You can have the best reasons for speaking up. 
you can think that the other person is saying something stupid, something even evil, yeah. and still refuse to engage in a conversation. A conversation is not a solution to every single problem. I'm not going to sell you any fantasy. Conversation, negotiation, however, however you want to put it. Because it depends on the character of the other person. If the other person is close to reason, or simply if it's a stranger, if it's someone you don't mind about, you don't need to engage in, the, in that conversation. Mm. You I can agree. conform. You can conform yourself with saying simply, I don't agree with your viewpoint. Let's leave it at that. But just Ricardo to focus our discussion, now we're narrowing down into speaking up in a conversation in the sense that we're not saying you, you witness something of a grave injustice and you have to speak up because somehow that's like a response, right? It's, it, it's like a direct response that you, that you have. We're saying, you know, you, you're seeing, you're noticing, you're witnessing something, let's say in your company or in your whatever, um, gathering, in a conversation, yeah. and you are thinking about whether you want to speak up or not. That's like the context that we're discussing now. Yeah. And that's important because you can never, even though you can end sometimes a conversation with, and I don't agree, or I think differently. You can never conform yourself, your understanding to that. Yeah. <laughs> you at least have to say, I don't agree because I have these reasons. Or I think, or, or even ask yourself that question. Why do I find this uncomfortable, disturbing? Mm. Yeah. So it's like you're moving from reaction to being an active thinker. Right. I'll give you an example that happened with me last week. I think it's a simple one, but it's because I've been forming my awareness around the top uh, the topic as well. And usually if something came up in a conversation that I find is, I don't know, wrong or absolutely evil or what have you, I would react. But this time. I really thought about it because anyway, we, we launched a whole course about the topic, so I'd better train yeah. myself. So I, I was having a discussion with someone and he said in the conversation that he's a proud communist. So usually I would react to that and I would say like, how come, you know, why are you a communist? Well, I didn't say anything and I waited for him. And then when he knew that I'm into philosophy, he said, oh, I love Nietzsche. And I think something interesting happened in my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask him a question. And he's a very decent guy, very honest person. And I noticed throughout the conversation that he's willing to engage in a, in a productive conversation. So I asked him, I said, you just said that you love Nietzsche and you, you are a communist. How do you reconcile these two? Like, do you think there's a link between the two? Like, And this whole question opened a fruitful conversation for more than two, three hours. And it was awesome, whether I agree with him or he agrees with me or not. But I think that's the importance right. of being active and not just reactive. So I spoke up. I told him what I think about communism and what I think about Nietzsche. But it was in the context of trying to understand 
the the link between uh, these two and trying to understand and digest the ideas not attacking the person who's behind the ideas i think we didn't say this explicitly last time but speaking up being assertive involves much more than saying you know something that you know people won't like to hear mm. and having the courage to say that speaking up is thinking up speaking of is putting your characters and your ideas out there not simply throwing something for the wolves to eat but really living <laughs> up to those ideas right i love that yeah. thinking up uh, sorry speaking up is thinking up i love that Don't yes and, and that's real courage not simply saying i disagree or you're wrong but i disagree for this this and this reason mm. And that requires a lot of thinking and a and lot of preparation. And that's wrong. It's not about your wrong. That's wrong. The ideas are wrong or are right. Uh, and I think yeah. it makes a psychological difference because now I don't feel I'm being attacked. I feel that I'm being challenged intellectually, that my ideas are challenged and I need to think about them. And again, if the, honest, sure. if, if the person is honest, he or she will reconsider or offer you a new suggestion absolutely yes i think a, a good model of this approach you find it in open letters in signed open letters from an academic perspective right for example a group of academics will speak against an irrational view or a controversial view such as critical race theory but they won't If they are serious at all, and or if they want to come across as serious people, they won't only criticize critical race theory, but they will offer an argument, a cert certain view about, I don't know, the value of uh, free speech. This is the, the, the approach we should try to, to emulate. So mm. if we're speaking up against a decision, against a view that we don't like, then we better have a positive perspective to offer or fruitful questions to ask and to challenge that view. Yeah, actually, you inspired me here for, for two things. The first one is I learned that you cannot, you cannot be safe intellectually, right? Like there's mm. always someone I love that. whom you will disagree with and there's always someone whom you will offend, right? And that's okay, get over it. Because to think means to offend and to attack ideas and to re-look at different perspectives. I right? love that. To think is to offend. Yes, couldn't Absolutely. agree more. And those who matter don't mind. And the, those who mind don't matter. So yeah. that's the first thing. But the second thing is... And this is where I think it will it will open a whole new discussion now is about the method. So, for example, yeah. it's so easy to say, I disagree with you. Let's say you're talking about diversity or mm -hmm. feminism or whatever topic. Right. And it's easy, it's easy to say, based on your ideas, I disagree with you. And here's why. Mm -hmm. But it's not effective and it's not a valid argument. I think the best way is to say, 
let's look at reality. Let's look at life. Where do you see diversity? Where do you don't see it? Where do you see this idea where you don't see it? And now the argument is more grounded in reality and is more helpful for us because we can keep on arguing about, uh, you know, different ideas from now until the end of time. But until we start putting them and relating them to our lives and to life in general, that we come to understand them and see the value of advocating for them or not. Uh, And I think that's a very important point when it comes to speaking up. Because from one perspective, it's easy to just respond and say, I disagree, this is my opinion, this is sexism, this is blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah, and from another perspective, you need to have really information and and perspective and and different angles about the topic you're trying to discuss. And you need to, to have a method to discuss it. So if I'm understanding you well, you're telling me that you can show genuine interest even in the ideas you like the least Mm. and that doesn't imply any form or doesn't necessarily imply any form of masquerading your words softening your words but simply a sense of curiosity absolutely with that and perhaps that curiosity is necessary especially in in a university setting in a workplace where so many people parrot words like diversity or equality. It's important to to challenge those very words they take for granted yeah. and to exploring what they mean exactly by equality, by diversity, and how do they see it, if at all, in the real world. Absolutely. And this is something we discussed in our course that we promoted last time supersonic creativity, which is the importance of clarifying and reaching a common definition. And I think that's a very important point because you might, when you're talking about diversity or leadership, let's say, what have you, you, you might mean something completely different than what I mean or than the way I understand diversity. So it's very important not to assume and to ask even if it sounds too stupid, but you go to a, a, a company and you and someone says, you know, our culture is based on diversity. I don't want to turn the whole episode on, on diversity, but it just came to my I, mind. I have an example that will be great, but continue, please. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the best the, one of the best ways is to say, yeah, I, I appreciate that. But what exactly do you mean by diversity? Even if, if it's something you've been hearing about, even if, if it's something you agree with, it doesn't matter because the content that's inside your mind is different from the other person's mind. You need to make sure you are on the same page. Simply ask them, what do you mean by diversity? In what way? Tell me what, what example you had in mind. Yes, it's something trivial perhaps, but... I think it illustrates the point even more convincingly. So your girlfriend or your friend approaches you and she tells you, why are you so indifferent? Mm. Where did that come from? You start thinking, what did I do <laughs> that she took to be indifferent? 
What happened en, with you, Ricardo, last day? <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and we react to that. Mm. What do you mean by I being indifferent? But how more productive is to ask, well, show me what you mean by indifferent. Can you clarify to me what that word stands for in your mind? Yeah. And we, ha we have a whole module on, on this one. It's called show me what you mean. And I also have a personal story there. But really, the more I think about this, this too, so here's something. Whenever you are in a discussion, in a conversation, in an interview, what have you, whenever you feel that you should be speaking up or stay silent, just ask, show me what you mean. Anything. If someone is talking about the, about diversity, about leadership, about goal setting, about love, about you name it, just ask them, show me what you mean. And by asking that question, try to make them explain what they mean, whether through stories, analogies, whether through uh, metaphors, whatever, examples, facts, just ask them, what exactly do you mean by leadership? How, how do you see it? And this one simple question, specifically if you're asking it from the perspective of show me, so you're demanding concretes, is amazing because so many times people say, what do you mean by, I show you what do, what do I mean by friendship or by love? You know, love is, is that thing you feel. You know, I can't, if I have to explain love, then it won't be love, right? We hear that. Or right. what do you mean by leadership? You know, yeah, leaders are the people who serve. And this is a topic for another discussion or another episode. Can I play devil's advocate, which is yeah. my favorite uh, <laughs> role? What if the person doesn't know or doesn't think in those terms? Because you're telling me, basically give me a clarification, a definition in some cases. What can you do there? Should that show me what you mean imply becoming a walking dictionary oh, or no. is there another way? Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's definitely not about understanding or definitely not about becoming a, a walking dictionary. It's about understanding how the other person understand the concept of friendship. So for example, for you, friendship might mean two people going out every night and having a drink and that's friendship or you know they they share something interesting together uh, maybe their horoscope are similar i don't know so <laughs> or maybe they share fundamental values together but you need to ask in order to reach to reach that conclusion now if the person doesn't know and, and i'm not saying it's easy it's a, it's sometimes hard to explain it one of the best techniques, I think, is to offer them a contrast, a contrasting view and asking them, is friendship to you this or that? And the more extreme you can go, the better. Don't be afraid of extreme. So, for example, is friendship about sharing a drink or sharing values like honesty and integrity? How do you see that? And the person will respond and then give them another example. And by doing that, you're bridging the gap between how they understand the word of friendship, let's say, and how you yeah. understand it. 
Do you have another suggestion? Yes, I I am wondering how that offering or demanding a contrast would apply to the context of becoming more assertive. Yeah. So let's say you are in the workplace, in, in a business meeting, and your boss tells you that the team's performance has been ineffective. So let's say that's the contested term, ineffective, you need to pay attention to. How would you proceed to demanding a contrast there? What kind of questions would you ask in order to extract something you can pursue to making your point, to speaking up? Yeah. So there's, I think, two things here. The first one is, I'll go back to show me what you mean. So if your manager is saying your team's performance is ineffective, well, show me what you mean. Do you have data? Do you have examples? Do you have scenarios? And what do you mean by effective or ineffective? And these things we take for granted. Like what's the matrix that I have in order to measure whether my team is effective or not? So that's, I think that's the first point on, on that subject. But you were saying something about assertiveness and I kind of drifted because I'm reminded of one thing that I really love about Jordan Peterson is that the way he talks sometimes at least is very assertive. And if you really investigate a little bit why, you will notice that because he's done a lot of work on understanding all the different perspective of his subject, right? So he, he really understand it. He knows how to articulate it, at least most of the times. And that's why you see him very confident. He's very confident. And he very calm. He's right? very calm. And if someone asks him a question... And the question is not accurate to what he was saying. He will always re-articulate the question or reframe the question. And he will make sure that, no, I didn't say that. I said one, two, three. Uh, and again, whether we agree with, with Jordan Peterson or not, that's a brilliant skill to learn. And you can only learn it by discovering different perspective, which is applicable to the example you gave on the team, right? So show me different perspectives. So one, tell me what do you mean by effective? Two, show me what do you mean by presenting me different perspective? Is that effective or that ineffective? Another thing I just wanted to explore on this topic is the idea of preparation. So being prepared and demanding an explanation of what you mean by this topic. So for example, we talked in the beginning about diversity. So one thing you can offer is to say, And this is a brilliant aspect of speaking up and it will give you the confidence. And you can say, what, what exactly do you mean by diversity? Do you mean that you encourage having people from different cultures and different ideas and different nationalities? I won't even say different skin colors because that's not important in my dictionary. But, you know, it's, it's important, unfortunately, in some companies. So that's one. Or do you mean that there's some kind of a quota that I, we have to follow? That 56% of, of this company has to be woman or man? Mm -hmm. 
right? And I think that's the interesting part because now you can see what the company really means by, or the person or what have you, they really mean by diversity, right? And this is how you can redirect the conversation. And by doing that, you're speaking up, but you, the way you're speaking up is not a mere response. You're trying to investigate. You're trying to understand right. in order to speak up. Right. So we've stressed the issue of having self-clarity about what you stand for, about mm. your convictions and goals. But the same applies with regards to the other person's argument, because we sometimes have a mere disagreement about words. Yeah, I think that's not often the case, but the point is you want to be damn sure that you have a substantial disagreement and so you can pursue it later and make your point. Yeah. So we so said we have, the first point is we have to, we have to ask, show me what you mean. We have to seek mm -hmm. clarification before we even speak up. We have to seek yeah. if possible, a definition. One of the helpful thing we can ask is, or present is always a contrast between this or that, right? What else, what can we, what can we offer? that will help us in speaking up? I think uh, you already hinted at this, but examples are crucial. Thinking is thinking about real life cases, about examples. And you can think about this as an issue of projecting in scenarios. Let's, let's go back to the example I gave about the business meeting. The team should be more effective. Okay. One question you could ask is, how would it look like in real practice? Mm. Because in that moment, the person in charge of a meeting is relying on that keyword, effective, to convey a meaning he hasn't really made. But if you ask him, what specific actions, what specific steps, what things we need to change in order to be more effective, then he's forced to really spell out everything that he means and that he has in mind about becoming more effective. Mm. Yeah. And that gives you even more clarity and vision about the things you can or cannot agree on yeah and you know you you bring to my mind another idea that we touched on in another episode i can't stress enough the importance of reading novels if you want to become a better thinker if you want to gather the courage to speak up if you want to have a method for speaking up Read good novels, really. That's so powerful because novels, specifically the good ones, in the way they pre present the character, they show you their actions and their dialogue. And they show you the consequences of what they say and what they do. And that's so powerful. And the more you are the more you are engaged with these stories, specifically detective stories, by the way. I find detective stories fascinating, specifically the old ones like 
Agatha Christie because they function in a they function in a rational world, right? Mm. Like you need to rely on reason if you are a detective in order to discover the clues, the evidence, and to solve the mystery, right? And yeah. this kind of thinking, like Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, they train you in questioning, in integrating the evidence that you're collecting, and in in being calm before you you voice your opinion. Like hold your horses a little bit, right? Like listen a little bit, but listen with a purpose. Listen while connecting the dots and then offer your, whether opinion or your follow-up questions. Right, you cannot express what, what you lack. So we've shifted the conversation from asserting things to what takes real courage, which is clarifying an argument, seeking contrast, putting examples, showing that what you say or what the other person is saying is or is not part of the real world. And what else do we have uh, in the table? Yeah, so we have the issue of offering a perspective or triggering a new perspective. And I'm going to give you an example of something that happened recently, and it's a radical point. I really love radical points because they help us think more attentively and clearly. So take, for example, the ad of Burger King that created a lot of controversy in, in the culture, which, which says, at least the headline says, women belong in the kitchen. Now, yeah. and I think that's the power of conversations and that's the power of, of turning your conversations into your playground where you can discuss ideas and voice your opinion. So... Yeah. You feel that there's a majority of the people who agree with this with this ad as being aggressive or as being insulting to women. Now, a good exercise would be to find another perspective. When you're talking to someone, ask them, why did you think that's an insulting point? And you're going to be able to trigger so many different point of view. But then try to offer a new perspective. So, for example, you can ask, how would you or have you considered that Burger King has something else to say? Have you considered that in terms of copywriting, Burger King is trying to attract you, to grab your attention in the beginning in order actually to support women? And I'm not saying here whether I'm with the idea or not. That's a topic for another subject, for another episode. But I think the issue of offering a perspective is crucial. And these simple words, have you considered this? Have you considered that? I think this offers, again, it depends on the other person if they're honest, but it offers a, a new perspective. It pushes us to consider a new perspective. Right. If they haven't, if they haven't considered other perspectives, you can offer one. Yes. How do you address this issue? Yeah. For example, your friend, he says he was a communist. Okay, but you're a communist and on the same hand, you say you are a Nietzschean individualist. He didn't say that, but let's yeah. put that as an example. How do you address the conflict between that? How do you explain it? If there is, if you think there is. So that's another way of triggering that. 
Yeah, because I think the power of this is that it exposes the essence of the ideas, right? So, for example, when it comes to to this guy, to my friend who's talking about the communist, maybe he doesn't understand communism. Or maybe he does, but he doesn't see a contradiction between communism and individualism. So, again, this opens a new new approach for the discussion and by offering them a perspective by telling them you know the majority of Nietzsche's work is focused on the individual and even sometimes he's focused on a a certain you can say racist perspective right like you can you can bring that up how would you do you think there's something racist about uh, communism do you think there's so by offering them these perspective i think you can bring and push the conversation even even forward and the same applies for for burger kings you know you know ricardo i think it's I think sometimes thinking about small ideas, things that we see every day, whether they're ads, whether they're jokes, whether they're uh, political news, I think it's very valuable to discuss them with other people, even if we have or we think we have a firm conviction. Even if I think that Burger King is being aggressive or racist or attacking women or you name it, it's good to open the conversation with other people. And that's how we train in speaking up. And most importantly, as you said, that's how we train ourselves in thinking up. Now we're right. thinking and the next conversation will be much better. Perfect. As a recap, we discussed four types of questions that you can ask to pursuing your assertiveness more than certain things. And those are questions of clarification or of definition, question of contrast, questions of scenarios, how does that look like in real life, and question of perspective. Have you considered this example? How do you address that issue? If the conversation really matters, if you mind the person, then you can try to raise these questions in order to have a a constructive exchange and a constructive discussion without having to necessarily agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's draw a line here because, again, this is a huge topic. But I just want to say for our listeners and our friends, If you have any suggestion, any idea related to the topic of speaking up, because we know that's very important and we know that you might have faced different scenarios and different obstacles. So please let us know and we'd like to take your viewpoint and explore it and see how we can really tackle all the different scenarios. Because I think that's that's, that's an evergreen topic. We always need to talk about the value of of having a voice, of speaking up. So that's that. The last thing I want to re-announce is about our course, Supersonic Creativity. Don't miss out. Go check it out. It's really a fantastic course that will help you boost your creativity by being engaged in conversations. 
what we do is quite unique because we show you how to use creative tools in conversations, some of the things we discussed today, so you can boost your creativity and solve different problems. Thank you for listening to Ideas on Trial. Don't forget to subscribe and share with us your feedback and what other topics you'd like us to explore. Have a wonderful day.